Good morning and welcome back to the, the Inclusive Voice Radio Show. I'm Pam McElvain, your host. You guys, can you believe this is our 100th show? Thank you all so much for being active listeners, uh, being here, uh, emailing us, calling in. I, I'm just elated to know that here in March, we're celebrating our 100th show. So, you know, and you know me, one of the things that's important to us here, the inclusive voice, when one thing, Devin, our incredible producer, who has been, you know, teaching and guiding me all this way, as well as Mark and his team. Um, so with that, though, you know that we always like to, you know, talk about and increase awareness around diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we've probably talked about everything when you think about the last 100 shows. And, and this is no different. This month here in March, some of you may know, but this is Women's History Month. We just came off of Black History uh, celebration. And now, you know, we're into really talking about you know, women's both global history as well as here in North America. But I'm not so sure that everybody knows that this is National Kidney Awareness Month. Now we did talk about this last year and this is so important for us to be able to, to be aware around as you know, people are talking about mental health, but physical health, but kidney awareness, the kidney awareness is something that you know, we just don't think about. It just doesn't show up in a daily routine where we want to do something about it. Instead, we do more activity and things that might be harmful if we're not aware of what we're doing. So we're committed to making sure that we increase the awareness, not just of our minds and bodies, but you know our holistic selves this this today you know our kidneys are so important because you know they, they there's functions and there's part of the body that it works that we hope that you're going to learn today's going to be this educational um awareness as well and and i'm going to have this call to action that you actually do something um about understanding where you are, where your health is. So today's show, we have with us Jacqueline Bishop, Jacqueline Burgess Bishop. She's the CEO of the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois. Now there are a kidney, the National Kidney Foundation Foundation of the entire um, nation, but this one is of the Illinois, where I also serve as a board member. And then we have Dr. Sadiq Elahi, and she's a, nep a nephologist, AKA a kidney doctor, and she's with the Nephrology Associates of Northern Illinois and Indiana, Indiana, known as Nanny. So these two experts are going to bring us awareness, bring us into the know, so that we are better prepared for anything that can and will happen um, to our kidneys. So stay, stay tuned with me because right after this message, we're gonna be back with our two experts, Miss Bishop and Dr. Elahi. So we'll be right back after this message. The tech talent war in the US is making it almost impossible for companies to hire and is holding companies back from achieving their important business goals. What is the answer? 
Go global with bold business. We have the reach, experience, and proven methods to help your company access great talent. From recruiting and sourcing to onboarding and post-hiring operations, Bold Business can help businesses tap into a worldwide talent pool and can craft solutions for an enterprise of any size. Go Bold and let Bold Business solve your talent challenges and help your company succeed. For more info, visit www.boldbusiness.com. Thank all of you for staying tuned and listening to me. I'm Pam McElvain, your host of the Inclusive Voice. As I promised, I'm here with two experts as we you know, celebrate and acknowledge and recognize March as not only Women's History Month, but actually the National Kidney Awareness Month. So with me first, our first guest I'd like to introduce and say welcome is Miss Jackie Burgess Bishop. She's the CEO of the National Kidney Foundation of of Illinois. Good morning, Jackie. Good morning, Cam. How are you? I am well, thank you. And thank you so much for waking up this early and being a part of, of our show and this important conversation. So what I have to ask you before we get started is, you know, what do you do? Now this is, you know, post-pandemic. What habits have you gained and what are you doing to keep yourself well both physically and mentally what i would say skills and experience gained in terms of gratitude i'm going to start with that one uh i would also indicate pivoting and we've all heard that term quite a bit but the being agile flexible understandable uh, and emotionally connected uh, all attributes characteristics are, I would say I enhanced uh, during this past several years of what we've experienced with the pandemic Actually, and of course personally to keep myself well I attempt uh, to walk <laughs> not always as successful or consistent, but trying to keep up with those steps um, has been has been very helpful. Mm, thank you for sharing. I, I love that being able to pivot and being agile in the moment. And you know emotional emotional connection is something that, you know, I think is becoming a, a popular term and it may become a real activity. It'd be interesting um, when we have our next guest on to hear, you know, what she does around that. But um, so, Jackie, tell us a little bit about, you know, your background. Um, give us a sense. I mean, you know, I know you have been in this work in the healthcare industry. Oh, my goodness. Um, for your career, both on the clinical and the leadership side. So um, give our audience a little bit about who Jackie uh, Burgess Bishop is. Certainly, thank you for the opportunity. I've been uh, fortunate and been building on a career, over 30 year career in different segments within healthcare. I've had an opportunity to serve um, in leadership roles in academic medical centers, in community-based behavioral health, 
and social service organizations and chronic they're called chronic conditions, but also the other term is voluntary health organizations, such as the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois. And at one point had that entrepreneurial spirit and for around seven years uh, served as a partner and then president of a strategic consulting, strategic management consulting firm consulting to the health industry. Wow, I didn't realize it, your career is so robust. <laughs> that, that is, that's incredible. And, and so that gives you such a broad lens and perspective. And you're, you're, you went to Kellogg, right? Did you go to Kellogg Northwestern? Yes. Yes, I did. I you, yeah, I thought you did. So um, one of our local students here. And so um, I've also been lucky and privileged to have served with you on two boards. Uh, of two or, of the of the many organizations that you've led, um, currently the National Kidney Foundation and in the past the American um, Cancer Society. So uh, thank you. Let me thank you for your service and your work. And so I just want to just take a couple minutes to just talk about you know what what is the mission of of National Kidney Foundation. I mean, people know about it. You know, they kind of hear about, you know, the kidneys and, and people having issues with kidneys and different things. But what, what is the mission and the purpose of this foundation? So our mission is to improve the health and well-being of persons at risk for and impacted by kidney disease through preventive education and empowerment. And as part of our vision, even, is to be that lifeline and to help to change that trajectory of kidney disease for all populations, and particularly populations that we see experiencing health equity disparities issues. Okay, so how do you, um, so when you talk about awareness, and you're talking about prevention, education, and empowerment, um, what are what are some of the the key things? Clearly, th this radio show is one. But in terms of thinking about being on the ground, foots on the ground, grassroots, what are what are some of the things that you guys do um, to increase awareness um, for you know for education and prevention? We're engaged in a number of facets, and, and it's interesting when you talk about what are some of the biggest threats facing um, our kidneys as well as our kidney health, it is definitely that lack of awareness of the risk factors. Um, and the population in general is not aware that there are five stages, for example, of kidney disease and that some of the key risk factors include uncontrolled diabetes, high blood pressure, having knowledge of your family history, do you have a kidney failure or kidney challenges in your history, uh, certain communities or ethnicities are more at risk, you know, for example, African Americans or blacks are four, nearly four times more likely to have kidney disease, and the Hispanic Latina population, 1.3 times more likely. It is a condition of aging, and then there are familiar and or genetic factors that also impact kidney disease. And, and another factor um, that I wanted to raise was obesity, um, smoking and smoking. 
so I think having the opportunity that we do on the ground and, for example, to educate and raise awareness has made a difference. We have a lot more work to do and continues to make a difference. One area includes our kidney mobile that goes throughout the state focusing on targeting on uh, targeting communities and focusing on communities that are most at risk to provide screening and early detection and referral to uh, primary their primary care provider for persons that are more at risk you know, and that the results show that they have that propensity that clinical propensity to be more at risk for kidney disease. Okay, and, and you know, and maybe this is a question we'll wait for. Thank you for sharing that. And um, before we go to commercial and bring in our um, bring on our next guest, so when you said four times more likely for African Americans, um, blacks versus Hispanics at one one point three times more likely, and I'm sure we're comparing it to to, to whites. Is that genetic? Is that part? Does genetics have to do with some of that? That's something we have the doctor, the good doctor, share with us. But that's incredibly high. Or is that due to lifestyle? And and that's why it's, the number is so high. I'm certainly going to defer to Dr. Alahi in terms of our general education. You know, for uh, the deep rooted uh, clinical factors, a lot of it has to do with the higher risk we have for uh, diabetes and hypertension, as well as issues of um, health disparities, access, and, and education, so, uh, and, and economics. So it falls into that systemic issue in some degrees, and it also, uh, as I think I mentioned, there are genetic factors where I know that, that Dr. Lockheed, um can expound upon as well. Oh, yeah. But yeah, we definitely get, go, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, no, that was good. When I just heard that, that was like, woo, okay, wow. You know, that kind of hits you right there. <laughs> so, no, we, we definitely are going to have her share with us the, the tough questions. So, thank you so for opening this up, this conversation, uh, Jackie, and letting us know some of the foundational work. Definitely, you know, I want to educate our audiences a little bit more, too, about the many different initiatives uh, that the uh, the the kidney foundation that you call NKFI is focused on. So with that, folks, we're going to take a commercial break. Stay tuned with us as we bring back our next guest, who is the uh, the expert, Rich, really, uh, Dr. Elahi. When you say expert, you know, expert because yes, she's medically and clinically trained. Um, nephrologist and she's I'm probably killing that word and it'll will all be better the kidney doctor but we are going to learn what we can do um, and just have a basic understanding of how we can fight and prevent kidney uh, kidney disease within ourselves so stay tuned with us we'll be right back after this commercial break from an industry-leading journal and web publication highlighting professionals and best practices to boot camps and conferences featuring noted and accomplished speakers, Diversity MBA is a driving force in diversity, equity, and inclusion education. But Diversity MBA's education push extends beyond the public realm and into the private sector. 
Thanks to DMBA, enterprises embarking on their DEI journey have access to training webinars, leadership indexes, and more, all of which can help educate and transform a workforce. Embrace DEI. Diversity MBA can help. Visit www.diversitymbamagazine.com for more information. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm your host, Pam McElvain. I'm here with uh, Jackie Bishop Burgess, or Burgess Bishop, Jackie JBB. I <laughs> love your name here. And so, but before we get back to Jackie, I'd like to bring on our next guest um, and introduce you to Dr. Sadiq uh, Sadaf Ilahi. Um, good morning, Dr. Ilahi. Good morning, Pam. Thank you for having me. And thank you so very much for, for showing up for us once again. And I know your schedule is crazy. And thank you for all of the good work that you do. So before we get started, I'd uh, just like to ask you, you know, what do you do? What are you doing these days in the post-pandemic and with your busy, busy schedule? How do you keep yourself well? How do you self-care? Um, well, you know, it's still pretty crazy. I know um, the, the pandemic, when I last spoke to you uh, a year ago, things are really bad. Things are slightly better, but they're still bad. So um, the hospitals are very busy and take a lot of my time. Uh, but what uh, the pandemic has sort of taught me is, you know, need to take some time off to connect with my family, with my friends. And um, and as Jackie said, trying to get those steps in. I think that is my uh, goal, you know, exercise goal for the day to get my 10,000 steps in. Yeah, and you know, um, me too. So I'm glad to hear that, <laughs> that you're validating that's something that we all need to do. You know, so um, so I was really, and I know we're going to talk about this later, but when you said things are better, but things are still still bad, um, not at this very moment, but definitely would like to know, you know, what is the current state and, and what are you facing um, when, when people kind of feel that things are better because people aren't wearing masks the way they should. They're not social distancing as much anymore, so we you know we believe things are way better, but the hospitals are still as busy as they were before. Maybe not as busy, but still as busy. And so, just curious to to know what that impact is as we continue to talk this morning. So yeah, you know, the hospitals yeah are yes. Sorry. <clears throat> no, 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 that's okay. That's okay. Go ahead. And make your, what were you going to say? Yeah, as I said, you know, unfortunately, we, we are at a point right now where uh, the hospitals are busy, not only because of COVID, but, uh, you know, the flu as well. So influenza and COVID sort of hit together, which really um, made the hospitals even busier than what they were the, during the last surge. And that makes sense. So... You know, I'm not going to say that, you know, I, I, it's easy to call you a kidney doctor, but <laughs> so tell us, you know, nephro, nephro, okay, nephrologist, nephrologist, what made you want to do this work? Tell us a little bit about your background and what led you into um, the clinical career. 
Sure. Uh, so I actually did uh, most of my training here in the Chicagoland area. I did my residency and my chief residency at uh, St. Francis Hospital in Evanston. And uh, then I did my fellowship, which means uh, training for the specialty, uh, which is nephrology, which is kidney disease uh, at Loyola. And then uh, after finishing my training in uh, nephrology, I've been practicing in the western suburbs uh, of Chicago. So I've been a nephrologist for 17 years now, which does not include my two years of training. And, uh, and all of those 17 years have been in the western suburbs of Chicago. Oh, wow. So you've got a really good sense here. So, so Dr. Elahi, when, when do people see you? I mean, do you see um, um, people that, um, from a preventive stage or at people's certain stages before they see a nephrologist? So as Jackie had already uh, mentioned that uh, there are uh, stages of kidney disease and uh, usually um, by the time uh, a patient comes to see me, uh, the patient is in one of the more serious stages of kidney disease. The stages of kidney diseases are divided according to the total function of the kidney. So once the kidney function is less than 30% is when usually a referral is uh, made to the nephrologist to see what we can do um, to help the patient. Uh, but just because you know, somebody has kidney function of 30 to 60 percent. That does not mean they have, they do not have kidney disease. I actually feel that that's the time where we can do much more the preventative stuff, uh, so that we can help patients not to get to the state, the worst, the worst stages, which is stage four and five. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for that. And and before we bring Jackie back on, we were talking about. Um, she, Jackie was sharing that um, African Americans and Black are four times more likely um, to have kidney disease, and, and definitely due to the systemic, you know, inequities that exist. That's a huge contribution, but four times more likely, and uh, Hispanics are, are 1.3 times more likely um, to have kidney disease. You know, I was just curious: is um, how much of that is genetic? Um, yes. Mm -hmm. So, um, so definitely, minorities are more at risk for kidney disease, and um, from the medical standpoint, the medical diseases that cause kidney disease. So, the number one cause of kidney disease in the world is diabetes, and the number two cause of kidney disease is high blood pressure. So. Minorities are more at risk for developing these diseases, therefore they are more at risk for developing kidney disease. In addition, there are certain genes, there are certain genetic factors that, uh, that make African Americans more prone to developing certain kinds of kidney disease. And we can now check for these. We can, you know, we have genetic testing and we can check for these um, these particular diseases. So, so diabetes, high blood pressure, and genetic factors. So it's it's multifactorial. All three contribute. 
Wow. So, so Jackie, thank you for that. So Jackie, in, in the awareness work that you do, um, how do you, you know, simply put, you know, to people, you know, educate them in a, in a very simplistic way in terms of, you know, how do you, you know, not, <laughs> you know, how do you, how do you reduce, how do you, how do you not get yourself to a state that you're already prone to in terms of um, kidney disease, but through the, through the things that you can control? How do you guys, you know, what do you teach them in terms of what they can control? Also knowing that the disparities are there. So we know those are there. So how do you, how do you get through that? How, how do you help people, you know, understand and, and, and move forward with the information once you share it to them? So can we activate several strategies? One I outlined uh, with our kidney mobile that goes through and actually provides point of care testing screening to identify. Other strategies and methods we use include now in-person and virtual education where we partner. We often have a patient. We have partner with a physician and or provider. We also have on our team a nutritionist because in terms of looking at the impact in the whole concept, and it's more than just a concept, it has been proven of food as medicine and the impact of nutrition. So what we provide are healthy or what we call kidney-friendly diets, which are friendly diets for most, I would say, chronic conditions so that people learn how to shop, they learn what to purchase, how to prepare uh, foods that can help uh, from the perspective of improve their health or keep, if they have challenges, keep them from progressing. So that type of education, which is provided in our outreach events, our online uh, education that's available, uh, as well as when we are literally tabling. Now that the world is open, has opened up, we're back to being able to be immersed in the community and tabling at multiple educational um, fairs, et cetera. So, and then we have a strategic approach that we, that population health approach um, you know, that we use that we're looking at the collective impact and really partnering. So, for example, real briefly, last month, we had our Black History Month event, and we had over 15 community partners with us and you, that cross, you know, different segments for social determinants of health. But, and they also, in our partnership, we have with uh, the links with the Black Care Initiative uh, funded through Baxter. So we utilize and leverage our partnerships. We lever and leverage, again, in-person, virtual, and educational opportunities where we have subject matter experts. We have patients that can relate and share along the continuum from prevention all the way through, you know, a diagnosis of chronic kidney disease to those that progress and have a, and are fortunate enough to have a transplant. So we cover that whole spectrum in those ways. Okay. So thank you. Thank you. That, that's really good to know. 
And that makes a lot of sense when you think about, you know, having particularly communities come together and collaborate and help with it. So we're going to take a commercial break and then I want to come back and really talk a little bit more, you know, and hear from Dr. Lahi, you know, the, the difference between kidney and, and liver disease and, you know, and I hate to say this, but, you know, when people think of kidney malfunction and liver malfunction, but they may not even be aware, um, I mean, the general population of, of aware of what it is until someone is really in it close to them. and and. Jackie hoping to hear some of the success stories on, on how people are able to um, you know to regain their lives and what we should be doing every day. So we're going to take a commercial break and we'll be right back with you after this to hear from our experts and as we continue to increase awareness around National Kidney Awareness Month. Everyone's talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Let Diversity MBA Media bring you up to speed on the discussion. With benchmarking services that help enterprises gauge and expand the diversity of their workforces, to fresh, insightful, deep dive articles on the Diversity MBA website, CEO Pam Micklevane leverages years of experience and some of the foremost thought leaders on diversity, equity, and inclusion to spread the DEI message and curate content that educates and enlightens. In addition, Diversity MBA Media hosts annual conferences that bring together speakers from all across the DEI spectrum, with thousands of virtual attendees learning industry best practices from a wide range of perspectives. Check out Diversity MBA Media, join the diversity, equity, and inclusion movement, and be a part of the discussion. www.diversitymbamagazine.com Welcome back. This is Pam on the Inclusive Voice. I'm here with uh, Jackie Bishop, uh, the, the CEO of the National Kidney Foundation, and Dr. Ilahi. She is the uh, she's a nephrologist with the Nephrology Associates of Northern Illinois in Indiana, known as Nanny. And we're here, you know, trying to share with you some information in terms of where you can gain kidney awareness and what you can do uh, to, to maintain your health. But Jackie, you were sharing with us with the work that NKFI do, National Kidney Foundation of Illinois. Where can people go to find more information? about um, your organization? They can go to, uh, to the internet, our website, www.nkfi.org. Again, nkfi.org. And our phone number, 312-321-1500. Again, 312-321-1500. One five zero zero, and through both, uh, as through our website and calling in, an appointment can be made to speak with our nutritionist uh, on some of the areas that I talked about before in terms of diet, you know, selection, cooking, healthy prep, meal prep. Uh, so those are that is the most immediate way. Uh, to reach us and to access our services and information. 
Thank you so much for sharing. And we want to definitely let people know this is a resource where you can go and gather information as well as, you know, your hospitals um, and healthcare clinics and organizations, you know, have pamphlets and information. So we appreciate that. So, you know, uh, shifting over to, you know, Dr. Ilahi, there, you know, in the United States, about 15% of the adults are believed to have chronic kidney disease. And, and now we know the disparity, right? <laughs> with um, yeah. minority groups. Though 90% of them don't realize it, you know, so they don't visit you, as you said, until it's more significant, the stage. But having your kidneys malfunction is even more likely than having your liver malfunction and sometimes these chronic conditions happen at the same time can you just you know give us you know a simple education on um, the difference between the two and what what are some things you know i know jackie mentioned some things that in our daily lives we can do to recognize um, the signs for both Sure. Um, so there, there is uh, an entity where kidney disease can happen because of worsening liver disease. And the symptoms or signs for liver disease um, are slightly different than those of the kidney disease. With liver disease, uh, people uh, see that they are holding more water in their belly. Um, they also become jaundiced, where the skin becomes yellow or our um, eyes are yellow. So those are signs of, uh, you know, liver disease. With kidney disease, the things to look for is uh, swelling in our legs, um, bubbles in our urine. If the urine is very frothy, then definitely get yourself tested uh, for kidney disease. Um, other uh, signs are um, the blood pressure, very difficult to control, um, shortness of breath, on exertion, um, itching. Um, so these are some of the signs. Um, the other most common sign is um, lack of appetite and extreme fatigue, and especially lack of appetite towards protein. Um, people just don't like eating meat anymore. That's one of the first signs that, okay, there's something going on with the kidneys. So these are some of the signs of kidney disease. And um, your next question was, uh, you know, how to prevent all of this or uh, what to look for or target would be to control, if somebody is a diabetic, make sure your diabetes is under good control, um, to make sure that uh, your primary care doctor or through the National Kidney Foundation uh, get your urine tested for protein. Uh, that's one of the earliest signs that uh, uh, people have developed kidney disease uh, due to diabetes. Um, a blood test which measures kidney function, which is called creatinine, is a simple test to uh, determine if somebody has kidney disease. So between the, the blood test and the protein in the urine, it is um, easy to detect if somebody has kidney disease. Oh, wow. So... So when, um, you know, when people go in for their physicals, and so you typically, you know, don't ask the, you know, the doctors are going to take a blood test, but you typically don't think about asking to test um, 
this protein or for creatine, you know, your your blood for to be tested for protein. Is that something that um, normally an internist will do on their own, or do we need to be proactive, you know, as as patients and ask for the specific test? I think if patients have risk factors like diabetes, high blood pressure, uh, obesity, and smoking, and family history, then definitely have the primary care doctor check the kidney function test in the blood, as well as the protein in the urine at least once a year. I think that that is minimum. Okay. And so, so that's if you have those histories. But then if you don't, um, do you, would you just also say once a year as a precaution, you still should have uh, do the, the, urine te- the urine test and this kind of um, blood test? For risk factors, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. For risk factor, okay. I think that's important that, you know, we understand, I think now more than ever, the kind of preventive, um, you know, what, what blood tests are being uh, given, you know, what results they are, what, what's being taken, and that we become proactive in asking for that. And so, Jackie, is that part of the awareness? Um, you, it's part of the awareness campaign that you guys um, help uh, people in the community, those of us in the community, to know when you go to the doctors, here's these, here's some of the basic tests you yes. should be asked for. Okay. Yes, we even have a sheet. Uh, we develop, a, you know, a one-page document, uh, you know, for for everyone, for the community, uh, in terms of going when you go to your primary care uh, provider, and you know, recalling that they often have what twenty minutes. 15, 20, maybe on a good day, 30, if you're an initial, um, an initial visit and they're doing a total, uh, total workup. And so with that, knowing this information uh, about your history, you're also knowing the test. To your point, remember, like, it's one in three people at risk. So in Illinois, that means about 1.4 million people are at risk and 90% are not aware. So just knowing the information that Dr. Mahi said about um, the the test, you know, the blood test and the urine test and asking your your provider to make sure that that's looked at. That's the kidney function panel is a good way to say it. And they're they're routine tests, but often um, it's not put together or aligned. So just asking, hey, can can we look at my kidneys? It, it makes a it makes a big difference, and yes, we educate. We also have education through our Take Charge program, and that, now this is for individuals that have been diagnosed and their caregivers, and it is empowering. Um, so how individual, how patients and their caregivers supporting them can help set goals, um, you know, to change to help change. Um, their quality of life as well as their outcomes. So just wanted to mention that program as well as our podcast called The Journey Continues where where individuals are brought onto the podcast. We do information. We share stories of impact. Um, So yes, we are very much aware. And one other part, I know this is 
focus for the community, but we need that 360 view. In KFI, we also have education that focuses and targets the professional community, the you know the physicians, um, mm-hmm. nursing, social workers, nutritionists, uh, to to assure that this information that we're sharing is passed you know is passed on as well as clinical and scientific information. That's amazing. So, so Doctor Elaine, is there is there an age? Is is there an age that's too early to to ask for these these kidney function um, uh, blood tests? The panels that that Jackie just discussed. Uh, no, uh, because uh, people can have diabetes and high blood pressure at a younger age. Um, people who have type 1 diabetes, that is usually diagnosed by the time um, between the ages of uh, 7 and 18. Um, so, uh, so there is no age limit. Young people can develop kidney disease, especially the ones who are at risk because of genetic factors. Um, so that's a genetic uh, family history uh, is important. And if there is somebody in the family who has history of kidney disease or who has been on dialysis or has had a kidney transplant, then definitely, uh, you know, get tested to make sure that, um, you know, that we don't or the patient does not have the same risk. So can can I just ask both of you, and I know I want to, <laughs> There's a couple more questions I want to ask, but can I just ask both of you in your opinion and experience, why aren't we on fire about minimizing and eliminating the, the people that are, you know, dying or getting, you know, or having to wait for a transplant when if the awareness was overwhelming, the information was overwhelming for the everyday person to know what they need to be doing. I mean, so Pam, I'd like to start that and then certainly okay. uh, do the appropriate handoff because that's what that's our passion and what we do every day is to ignite it, our goal to ignite that fire. We have been successful. Kidney disease tends to be considered quote unquote a downstream disease. Uh, and the other, I can tell you, as we interface with, you know, with the public, what's always amazing, but not in a great way, is it's a disease that people take for granted. Once you start, we start to engage in conversation. I cannot tell you how many times um, people, you know, the community will share, oh, yes, my cousin's been on dialysis, my aunt died from kidney disease. Uh, my sister is in line for a transplant, yeah. and so that, I, I really I was on a flight and this weekend, and someone had on my shirt, one of my NKFI shirts, and it was wonderful. A lady shared that her nephew had had a transplant, you know, at seven at seven years old, and so uh, mm-hmm. I would say that's you know I would so it's just. Uh, that's why we have to get this information out there to help ignite that fire. And we're do one way we're doing that is we're moving kidney care. We say up the continuum uh, with this, you know, testing. Um, and we're having a leadership summit in June and bringing together um, multiple, uh, I would say, collaborative groups, you know, from elected officials, 
to business and clearly the health community and community-based organizations to share this knowledge and, to your point, ignite this passion. Because one thing we particularly in the later stage um, is where a person is on dialysis. Yes, yes. Thank you for that. I heard that energy come out. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I and, and I'm there I'm with sorry. that. Yes. No, I love it. And, and, and Dr. Um, Elay. And we also, what you can also speak to Dr. Laley a little bit about kidney disease research as well. You know, what can we do more um, to support the research? Um, with regards to research, you know, again, trying to, um, as Jackie said, that, you know, in, in, let's get all our, first of all, inform, right? De like, in, in empower our patients. Um, because if we don't understand what this disease can do, we become all become complacent because we really don't get symptoms of kidney disease till the kidney function is less than 15%. And which is why, you know, as you said, that how come we are not, you know, all geared up to fight this and end this is because we, we get complacent. We are feeling fine till we are not. Um, so empower patients, empower communities with what kidney disease is, the symptoms of kidney disease, how to prevent it. And with research is concerned, is essentially it's, it's a segue from diabetes, high blood pressure, uh, there are clinical trials that are going on with regards to new medications uh, which help better control diabetes, blood pressure, as well as medications that target many of the genetic disorders uh, that end up uh, uh, with kidney failure. Um, so there is there are a lot of good information and a lot of uh, uh, you know new medicines, new research uh, that can uh, hopefully uh, prevent kidney disease for good. Yeah, uh, you know, thank you for that. Okay. Uh, you know, but can I have just one, mm -hmm. if it's okay, it's one important component yeah. that uh, I would like to interject in. It's the advocacy component. And the advocacy yes. component is part of the empowerment that's in our mission. Uh, and yes. right now we have our advocacy, our staff advocacy lead, who is a transplant uh, recipient herself. I can call her name Monica Fox. A number of people know Monica. Yes. She's in D.C. Yes. right now. And at the state level, we are thrilled to announce we have launched a, a bipartisan effort, which is we have established and launched the Illinois Kidney Disease Prevention and Education Task Force. And at the end of this year, this task force is charged by the Illinois legislature to have a kidney plan. So wanted to really bring forth that aspect, and we appreciate all the yes. legislators that have helped to launch that and make this happen. We just had our second meeting on Monday, and um, it, it's just phenomenal uh, in yes. terms of looking at what we have to do. We have to attack this on all fronts. Yes. No, I love that. I love that. And thank you for sharing because you're right. 
the advocacy component is huge. And and thank you too, uh, Dr. Leahy, for making it real. Because when you said seven years old, I, you know, I forgot about. You're right. I totally forgot about type one diabetes. You know, because we don't think about this in, in, in the normalcy of, of what we do every day. Well, we're going to take a commercial break, and then we're going to come back. And I, I'm definitely going to ask you, ladies. You know what? Um, are you know what advice do you have that folks can do regardless of ethnicity regardless of age to make sure you you know you're on the preventive track um, in, in 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 not having kidney disease and being able to share you know the share the word so we'll be right back after this commercial break um, so stay with us in this robust incredible conversation this most important conversation that we're having um, we'll be right back with you keep your finger on the pulse of the diversity equity and inclusion movement check out diversitymbamagazine.com as a dedicated news and media focal point for workplaces, professionals, and students, DiversityMBAMagazine.com is chock full of profiles of accomplished professionals in the DEI space, as well as notes of recognition and other newsworthy items. Check out the 2021 50 out front, get the skinny on diversity recruiting, tap into the latest in DEI. Go to DiversityMBAMagazine.com and subscribe for updates. My head is just oh, bustering with so much information here from uh, Dr. Leahy and uh, Jackie Bishop, the CEO of National uh, Kidney Foundation of Illinois. And we're about ready to wrap up, but I want to make sure that, you know, you guys are actionable in what you do and what you've heard and what you have learned. So, um, Dr. Leahy, you know, what advice you know, do you have, you said a bunch of, you've given us a bunch of great things, but what are a couple key takeaways you, you would like people to really uh, navigate to and do something about? Uh, so if somebody's a diabetic, make sure that you're taking care of your diabetes. It is extremely important. Um, again, it's happening silently, which is why we sort of become complacent. But diabetes is the number one cause of kidney disease in the world, so we can't we can't ignore that. Um, if somebody has high blood pressure, extremely important work with you know a dietitian, work with your doctor, get rid of the salt from your diet, and uh, come up with a, you know a good plan where you are doing about 30 minutes of walking a day, uh, low salt diet, and a combination of medications that would control um, the blood pressure. And uh, mo another most important thing is to quit smoking. Uh, smoking, diabetes, and high blood pressure, when you combine the three things together, it creates havoc in your body. Uh. Wow, that's amazing. And so, and if you're tracking for 10,000 steps, if you're doing that, is that sufficient enough for your uh, equating to your 30 minutes of walking? Yes, yes it does. So it, it, 10,000 steps is usually about close to two and a half miles a day, two and a half miles to three miles a day, which, you know, for most people, that's what it takes for them about 30 minutes, 35 minutes to do. 
Okay, awesome. Thank you so very much. And so, Jackie, can you share with us any you know upcoming events we should uh, be aware of, as well as your uh, quick advice? Yes, thank you, Pam. World Kidney Day, and this is really International World Kidney Day, is celebrated on March the 9th. It's, it's always uh, the second Thursday of, um, in the month of March, and this year it's March the 9th. We are going, we being the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois, we're having a large screening in Melrose Park. It's a veterans um, park area. Again, you can go on our website. Uh, which I'll state at the end, and then as well as our Walk for Kidney, which is scheduled for June the 4th, and Diversity Harbor. So those are two events that are open, you know, open to the public. Uh, of course, for the walk, we want you to sign up and have a team and help to raise funds to uh, to support what we're doing with this education and the screening of the World Kidney Day again, March the 9th in Melrose Park, uh, and the way to reach us again is nkfi, www.nkfi.org or 312-321-1500. Thank you so very much. So that is cool. So I, I'm writing those down on my calendar so I can make sure I'm there. Ladies, I want to thank you so much because you know what, even though we've talked about this before, and I, uh, Jackie, I get to hear the good work that you guys are doing. I still learn something new. I learn something new every time. So we want to thank you uh, this morning for the incredible job that you guys are doing and for your time. So have a great, great weekend. The tech talent war in the U.S. is making it almost impossible for companies to hire and is holding companies back from achieving their important business goals. What is the answer? Go global with Bold Business. We have the reach, experience, and proven methods to help your company access great talent. From recruiting and sourcing to onboarding and post-hiring operations, Bold Business can help businesses tap into a worldwide talent pool and can craft solutions for an enterprise of any size. Go Bold! and let Bold Business solve your talent challenges and help your company succeed. Contact at www.boldbusiness.com.